Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Hey, Coach Torrey, back in the classroom with you. Uh, giving these coaches some some topics I think they can use in the offseason, how um, you've talked about uh, – attendance and what that looks like and I think all kind of coaches have ways that they do attendance but you have a unique way uh, and I thought about the NBA when you started dealing with this and and how you shared it with me so um, you have this unique way now to reach every kid that is on your roster and make sure that they're there so uh, coaches get ready for this and you can use this as football offseason starting and you're doing weights Uh, coach Torrey let us know about What's happening with taking attendance? Yeah, so it's great. So I write in my book that you have to know your team, right? You got to know all the kids on your team. You got to know what they look like. You got to know their names. You got to know a little bit about their backstory. And if you don't know, you got to find out. That That is rule one with coaching. If you can't know your players, then they're never going to play for you. It doesn't matter how good of a coach you are or what you're going to do. That That's rule one in my opinion. And so we started wrestling. Uh, and we are killing it in wrestling right now up here. It's been 10 years. When I got here, we had five kids out for wrestling. Uh, we have since grown that, and it gets a little bigger every year. We kind of ebb and flow. You know, some years we're in the 30s, some years we're in the teens. Uh, this year we have 61 high school kids out for wrestling. So it's amazing. Um, there's 14 weight classes in Iowa, and you better be a dude if you're going to wrestle in Iowa. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's our thing up here and uh so we got 61 kids the good news is i've been here 10 years now and so every kid not every kid on our team has came through my classroom but the majority of them have Mm -hmm. and the majority of them have also wrestled for me in middle school uh where we have 50 out every year typically i'm the only coach and so i know these kids and i've known these kids for a number of years and it's interesting because the relationship piece is so important and you and I've talked about that a lot, Mm -hmm. but how the most meaningful part to me is not building a relationship. That's important. Sustaining a relationship is much harder. And I'm bad at that with adults full on full disclosure. Like one of my flaws is I am bad at sustaining relationships with adults. I'm great at sustaining relationships with kids. Uh, So I know I need to work on that first part, Mm -hmm. but here's one of the ways that I sustain relationships with 61 kids on our high school wrestling team this year. And it starts with attendance. Every day I get a clipboard from our head coach and we weigh our kids in. So literally I'm at the scale with my computer and then the kid steps on the scale. I write it down and I give myself, I, I put a little mark on my sheet when I talk to that kid about something not wrestling related. Hey, how was school today? Hey, what's going on with this? Hey, did you watch the Vikings this weekend? Oh my gosh, they killed it. Like, uh, just things like that. Anytime I have a conversation that doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing, managing the team, I'm, I make half of an X. The other half of the X comes later in practice when they get some kind of physical contact. Hmm. So I'm a big fan of closing every practice while they're sitting against the wall and our head coach is talking. I literally go down the line and give 61 high fives. Wow to everyone on the wall so that way when they leave i know that every kid has had a conversation with me about not something not wrestling related right and some kind of physical touch and to me that completes the connection piece of a relationship 
Well, I, that's where I go with the NBA part, like the physical touch part. They, I think they did a study five years ago or something like that of the most successful NBA teams have some type of physical touch among the players. And I mean, the same goes with coaching. And uh, I talked with one of our kids about this yesterday and he called it new age coaching. I was like, please identify, like, what is it? What do you mean by new age coaching? I said, this has been around forever uh, about physical touch and high-fiving and, and all that stuff. He goes, no, I would play for a coach that cared more about me, and I put this out there. Um, I would play for a coach who would play for, like, knows me for who I am and not a number that's just on a jersey. So he cared more about me. Uh being in the jersey than what the jersey can do for him. And I was like, that's not really new age coaching. I said, that's just relationships, like getting to know who you are. I said, I would do that if I was in the business world. So, A, talking to them about, we had a kid um, who was a center for us in junior high, and he he was okay. Like, he wasn't the greatest. But he really cared about being an Eagle Scout. Do you know what I talked to him about? Hey, how is that progress going about being an Eagle Scout? You know, find out who they are. I know I, I don't hunt personally. I don't play golf. You know, I don't do any of those things. Um, I collect Jordan shoes now, right? So that's kind of my go-to. But they, um, the guys that do hunt, I'll ask them, hey, did you kill anything this weekend? Hey, is it opening, like, is it rifle season? Is it bow season? Just get in their world. And I think that's the first part of it is talk to them other than something in that sport. And then secondly – is the physical touch part, whether it's a high five or a handshake or putting your arm around them or like rubbing their head or something like that, just something to let them know that they're there, that you mean more to them than just that number. So it's, I mean, it's summed up in, in two words, transactional, transformational, and which one are you? Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro Quick Draw, the dynamic playbook solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your 2022 playbook quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. That's Pro Quick Draw. Yeah, I think that's really good. And full disclosure, like I am not a physical touch person. Like I have a giant bubble. Like I don't like being touched. Uh, ask my wife, ask my kids. Like I struggle to show emotion uh, in that sense. And um, it is not my love language, yeah. you know, to steal one from uh, from a book that I read uh, of the five love languages or whatever right. that everyone had. But there's something different about a high five on a football field or a high five after an emotional moment in a game. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem forced to me. It doesn't seem like you're invading my space. It's It seems like, okay, this is what we do. This is who we are. And so full disclosure, that physical piece is really tough for me. Yeah, on the flip side, it's real easy for me. It's real easy. Like it's nothing for me to go and pick up a receiver after he scores his first touchdown of the year and carry him to the sideline or – or do and run and do like the chest bump thing, you know, when they, I don't know, you jump up, you turn your back and you hit backs together. Um, that's really easy for me. That's, that is my love language. So that part comes easy for me. On the flip side of that is the high truth, high love part of it that we've talked about of holding them accountable 
and not get the good feelings all the time. Like there's a piece of accountability. So that's where I have to guard my cell phone is, hey, I'm going to care about you. I'm going to like high five and all that stuff. But I don't want you to confuse that with, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to coach you really hard. And this is what this comes into. But, you know, I'm going to care about you enough to know that you killed an eight-point buck on Saturday and give you a high five when you score a touchdown. But I'm also going to hold you accountable of, you know, doing things right in the classroom and all that. So, so it's not – I think some coaches probably listen to this like, oh, they're just being warm and fuzzy. It's not warm and fuzzy. Not at all. No. No. Anyone who's seen wrestling in Iowa, it is not warm and fuzzy. The sport itself is so hard. Yeah. And – and even middle school, right? Like, because middle school, it's not that hard. You don't have to make way. Like, the the competition is not as great. I get to put you on a rating scale based on your ability. Yeah. Uh, high school, nope. If, if you're wrestling 145 tonight, you have to be 145.0. Or you wrestle 152. And seven pounds is a lot, yeah. especially when you've been struggling and doing other things. The sport is just taxing. Uh, we're going to have six meets here in the next eight days. Wow. So it's just like our kids are just, they're tired. Their body's working harder than they have. So that emotional piece is really important. So I don't have to worry about the sport. I don't have to be hard on them because the sport is hard on them, yeah. if okay. that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to flip this podcast just a little bit and ask you this question. How do you see the correlation between wrestling and the toughness that comes with that and how it shows on the football field? You know, I'm just is there a correlation? To, is there a correlation in that? I, I think there's a correlation with wrestling and competing. The mm -hmm. toughness required to compete. Yeah. I don't care if it's football. I don't care if it's track. I don't care if it's basketball. I don't. I don't care what you do. But man, to be a competitor. So we talked about this with our team last night at the end of practice. I can walk in a gym. So when I go to a gym here in about five hours, I'm going to walk in. There's going to be three other teams there. I will tell you who their dude is just by how they carry themselves, right? how they look. I mean, I don't care if they're 106 pounds, right? Like, I'll show you a 106-pound dude who is tough, looks the part, is w ramping up their own emotional energy, getting ready for a big competition. I think that's the emotional piece for wrestling. The sport is hard, but, man, if you can learn that and harness that, you're, you are a competitor. Yeah. To, be, to be a great wrestler, you have to be a competitor. Because here – I told Herbert, our head football coach, I wish we had wrestling, and here's why. I think putting kids in conflict helps them produce a response instead of a reaction when that moment comes. And I think a lot of times when toughness hits, whether it be mental or physical, if you haven't been conditioned to that type of toughness I think wrestling brings, you react to it. So a uh, I'm going to talk about Monday Night Football real quick. Tom Brady has been in that response mode of fourth quarter comebacks. When he got the ball in the minus 40, being a Saints fan, I knew game over. Like You knew it was about to happen. He's, he's the greatest of all time. But he's been conditioned to that because he's been in those conflicts. So has he won? Yes. Has he also lost? Yes. And the stat they put out that he was owing whatever in the fourth quarter, like fourth quarter comebacks when he was down by eight points or more. Well, that – Done. He scratched that one off. But I think a lot of times when we don't put kids in conflict, I think that wrestling can do or any other physical fitness test or uh, emotional training or mental side of the game, that when that conflict happens and they haven't been conditioned to it, they react to it. 
rather than have a pre like I just think about your you play the game when you have your teams in the dark and they play the game they visualize themselves doing those things they are putting a response on hey this if this happens this is going to be my response we're conditioning our response yeah right yeah like it's no different than pavlov and his dogs when every time they heard the bell ring their mouth is going to water because they know they're going to get fed same thing and we do a lot of visualization in our program and i start it in middle school where the night before me i have them physically after practice the last five minutes lay down on their back on the mat away from other people turn off all the lights and i go through the visualization script of what the next 24 hours looks like in their world um I think you hit on a couple things. I really like your reaction versus response analogy mm-hmm. because I watched Monday Night Football last night. I freaking love Monday Night Football, right? Like I write about it in my book. Like it's going all the way you back hear, to my childhood. When you it hear dun, 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 it's, it just takes you I, back. There, look, my wife makes fun of me, but I literally walk around our house and I'll just randomly bum, 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 bum. That's you know, it. and it's That's so it. it just resonates different. But um, watching Monday Night Football last night, Three quarters of the game, Tom Brady had a reaction. Mm-hmm. Like he would miss receivers. He has missed receivers all season by inches, and he takes it out on everyone around him. Yep. And that is the frustration level has really increased in Tom Brady's world. But man, when's he really good? When he's conditioned that to a response by the fourth quarter. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say, and look, I want to note this on Tuesday, December 6th at 10 a.m. Central Time. Tom Brady will be with New England next year. You watch. And it'll be his going out Ooh. party. <laughs> Ooh. Or San Francisco. It's one of those two. It's one of those Man, two. I'd love to see him in the Bay Area. But we've got Trey. And so, you know, I mean, and Jimmy G's been serviceable. And, and Brock Purdy runs the offense well, does good things. I don't know. I think I New England. I think he goes days. back. And I think Belichick says, hey, let's uh, have one more ride together and uh, put it all together. So, who knows? But well, anyway, go ahead. Let me, let me just kind of say this, and it goes back to what you were asking earlier with uh, wrestling and competitiveness. My five-year-old is wrestling for the first time uh, in in our youth wrestling league, and we aren't doing tournaments yet, but that's coming. And I know everyone from outside is going to say, oh, well, he's the coach's kid. Like, And the dude wears a singlet and a headgear. He's got a high school headgear with the monarch on the side. He wears that. Like, he loves those things. Like, he wants to. he wants that full experience. Here's why my five-year-old wrestles. I don't care if he wins a single match. I don't. I want him to have fun. I want him to learn and be competitive, learn balance, learn strength, and learn how to be explosive. All those things that sports can teach us. I want him also to learn how to lose. Because when it's just you out on the mat, and and I got this from Trent Dilfer, right? When I'm at the 49ers, Trent Dilfer was our backup quarterback. And he used to tell me, he's like, most people handle losing the same way he wanted to see how people handled success mm. it's the opposite in wrestling most people handle success the best the, the the way they'll get up they'll flex they'll raise their hand in the air and that's what it's all about it's all about getting your hand raised in the sport uh to say that you're the best i want to see when it's just you out there in the circle are you going to stand up pull yourself off the mat after a gut-wrenching loss Stand, shake your opponent's hand, and walk out of the circle with pride and a big chest. Yeah. That's what I want to see. That's why my five-year-old wrestles. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to look at it. Um, never even thought about it that way. Like we Because we've talked about how people handle success. There's also how you handle losing. And you, you see it all the time, you know, when a team loses. But when I incorporate 
you're wrestling to our track. It's you and that lane, period. Yes. And how you win, hey, that's that's you celebrating, yes. And but how do you take the L? And when you take the L, what is your body language saying? Um, so two years ago, we had a kid that lost and was trying to go for a record, and we always tell him like, hey, in the state meet, records will fall when they're meant to be fall. Like, you don't go to run a record; you go to win a race. And uh, he did not get the outcome that he wanted. And he right. reacted in a way that his dad was like, he's not going to run this next race. And like, yes, he is. He, he does not have a choice. And uh, so just going back to reaction versus response. Yes. How you condition and, yourself to that. And the ultimate response, in my opinion, is what Dan Gable said. And for the wrestling community, no one, especially here in Iowa, needs an introduction on who Dan Gable is. Google him if you have no idea. And then don't tell me you Googled him because I might get really mad at you. Uh, but but he, he put it best. He said, once you've wrestled, everything else is easy. Mm. And it's like, so once you put it in perspective like that, if my five-year-old can learn that lesson, then he's going to be so much better off in life. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, we're building that response. Yeah. So, coaches, uh, a lot to unpack out of this podcast, how to take attendance, how important it is to communicate with your athletes about stuff other than your sport, uh, the importance of a physical touch, and ultimately, how tough are your kids? And what are you doing to create a response in your program and then instead of reactions? Physical and emotional. I think those are the two takeaways. It has to be both. It can't be one or the other. We're talking about and, not or. That's right. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Culture Classroom. Stay tuned for more content from Coach Tori and myself.